This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 73. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you are all having a beautiful day today. I am. I am relaxed and I'm ready to go with the podcast. But before I get into the podcast, I just wanted to let you know that in the next few weeks, I want to do a podcast where I answer your questions. So if you could submit some questions to me that you'd like to hear me answer on the podcast, whether it has to do with self-care, whether it has to do with life coaching, whether it has to do with leadership in your practice, practice ownership, any of the things that I'm interested in and that I have a little bit of expertise on, I'd love to answer those questions for you. So if you could send them to my email address, it's jacapeldvm at gmail.com and let me know what questions you have. I am going to list them out. And if I get too many for one podcast, I will do two podcasts where I answer your questions. But I'd like this podcast to take place either June 8th or June 15th. So we have a week or so to get those um, questions in. So if you could send them to me as soon as possible, I'd appreciate it. And then I can talk to you on the podcast. If you want me to say your name, tell me so. If you'd rather I didn't, tell me you'd rather remain anonymous and I will make that happen. So send me some questions so we can talk. One of these days, I would like to even do some live coaching on the podcast. And so if you're interested in that, also drop me a line and maybe we can schedule that down the road. So today, what I'd like to do on the podcast is talk a little bit about leadership. It's been a while since we've talked about leadership. And because it's one of my favorite subjects, I wanted to go back to it. And specifically, leadership in this time of COVID and some of the stressful things that have been happening in our practices and how we present ourselves and take care of ourselves as leaders and how successful leaders have certain things that they do every day or every week in order to remain healthy as leaders and also remain successful. So the podcast name is going to be Healthy Leadership Habits, um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I hope this relates to you and brings you some great information as we navigate this crazy time in our veterinary hospitals. It's been definitely challenging. I just had a meeting today with my own manager, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but we are in teams at our hospital, and so my manager and I are on two separate teams, and so we have to meet by Zoom in order to make decisions, in order to change things for the hospital, and um, so that's even a challenge in and of itself because we haven't seen each other in person in uh, several months now. I guess we're going on three months now uh, since we split into teams with the pandemic. So it creates challenges. And I'm sure that you all have had some challenges based on the way your practice is running, whether you're in an actual 
position of leadership or whether you're just a leader within the team. And I think that no matter what your position is in any practice, whether you are a veterinarian, a receptionist, or a technician, that you are considered a leader and you can lead. You can lead from the middle of the pack. You don't have to have a specific title. So I think that's really important to think about it that way. So if you want to be a leader, you strive to be a leader, whether you have that actual position of authority or not, it doesn't matter. In my mind, you can be a leader and create leadership for your team from any position in the hospital. So the first healthy habit that I want to talk about for leadership is taking care of yourself and making your own health the number one priority. Now, the way I think of this is when I'm on a plane, and I know that this metaphor has been used before by many people to describe taking care of yourself first, but when you go on a plane, they always have the flight attendants giving you the rundown before the plane takes off on what you are to do in case of an emergency. And they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you assist others. And I've flown so many times. The last time I flew was in February when I went to the Western Veterinary Conference. And I remember always trying to pay attention when they're giving the flight attendant rundown because I feel rude if I don't. But I'm very tempted not to listen because I've heard it so many times. But they always say, put your own oxygen mask on first before you assist others. And the reason that it's so important is if you don't take care of yourself first, then you don't have the capacity or in a flight emergency, the oxygen, the actual oxygen to help other people. And I think of it that way in leadership is that you need oxygen to be a good leader. You need to think of it that way because taking care of yourself and your body and your mind is like giving yourself oxygen. So strong leaders need to be healthy in order to help those that they lead. And so as veterinarians, we sometimes get lost in how busy things are. We have a tendency to think everyone else's well-being is more important than our own. Even our family's well-being, our other, um, our team, other team members, we think are more important than ourselves. But what's really true is our own physical and mental health is the first priority. And when you start to feel yourself not stepping up the way you want to step up or not feeling the way you want to feel every day, it's a sign that you're not taking care of yourself. If I have a poor attitude at work or if I'm getting snappy, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, I'm losing focus, it's all because I'm not taking care of myself. And I know this, and when I start to feel it, then I know it's time to start taking care of myself. So when I start to feel stressed and burned out, then I need to put some focus back on myself. What I need to do is take time to refresh myself. I need time to work on things like my sleep, if I'm not sleeping enough. I'm not exercising enough. My eating habits are off. And all those things create the self-care that we need to be good leaders. So strong leaders have to have a habit of taking care of themselves, not only physically, but mentally. And we have to pay the price that it takes to do that. 
And maybe it's letting some people down. Maybe it's not spending as much time at work as you quote unquote think you should. Maybe it's letting go of writing up a few records one night because you need to get home and take care of yourself. So the habit of taking care of yourself and making yourself the number one priority requires you to schedule quality time with yourself, quality time with you and your family, regular physical exercise, whatever that means for you, whether it's taking a walk with your dog, whether it's riding your bike, which is something I like to do, whether it's yoga, whether it's going to a Zumba class, which right now you can't necessarily go out to a class, but you could do one in your home. Maybe it's socializing with people and that's a way you take care of yourself and socializing from a distance right now, calling a friend, talking to people outside of the profession so you're not always focused on veterinary medicine. And then checking in with yourself to see if you're really feeling the way you want to feel. And to me, that's self-coaching. Whether it's doing some thought downloads in the morning or in the evening when you get home from work, whether it's sitting down to have your morning routine and really guarding that time so you have that routine in the morning to either plan your day, set some goals for your day, maybe it's your meditation time in the morning, your reading of the Bible time that you take in the morning exercising if you're a morning exercise person, guarding that little bit of time for yourself for self-care and then checking in with how you're feeling. Because if we're not feeling right and we know that our thoughts create our feelings, sometimes we need to take action to create better feelings for ourselves. So checking in in the morning, sitting down and working on your thoughts, working on what's causing your feelings and understanding yourself is that time for self-care. So if you want to present yourself as a good leader and you want to actually lead in a healthy way, the first place to start is with you. And I would encourage you to check in with yourself every day. If it's that morning routine, check in with yourself. How am I feeling today? I'm feeling kind of stressed out at the end of the day. How am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Am I not taking care of myself? Am I not checking in with myself and coaching myself every day? If you're not checking in with yourself, then that will affect you as a leader. So making yourself the number one priority is the first healthy habit that I would encourage leaders to adopt. Now, once you've taken care of yourself, the second thing that I think is so important for leaders to remember is that you need to embrace and exercise your own strengths. And what I mean by that is we all have areas of strength. And if you've spent any time with yourself, most of you know what your strengths are. You're very good with people. You're very good with clients. You're an organized person. You're very good with that. You are great at listening. You are great at delegating or making decisions. We all have strengths. And to be an effective leader and operate at maximum capacity, you're best off operating within your strengths. So identify your most effective means of building relationships with the people around you. So if you're a very good listener, you can use that skill 
to develop your relationships if you're better at delegation or allowing people to take the lead, utilize that strength. If you have a strong area of medical expertise, if there's a certain area of medicine that's best for you, then work on developing that. Don't try to develop in areas that you're not strong at. Because if you are 80% strong with a certain thing, like let's say listening is one of your top skills, and you work on that and you get it up to 90%, that is going to be a better use of your time than if you're a 50% listener and you get it to 60%. I'm not saying that you don't need to work on your weaknesses, but understanding your strengths and sharpening those and working on your natural abilities first before you spend a lot of time on your weaknesses is going to be better served at making you a stronger leader. So recognizing the strengths, if you have to sit down and really think about it, if you don't know where you're strong, or if you're really struggling to know where your strengths lie, ask the people around you. Ask them, what do you think I'm very good at? What do you think I need work on? Because I'll definitely work on my weaknesses, but where do you think my strengths lie? And can I hire people to do the things that I'm weak at? Or can I have someone near me and try to let those people take on the things that I'm not super strong at? So then I can spend time working on my strengths. So if you can keep people around you that support your weaknesses and then work on your strengths, you in the long run are going to be a better, healthier leader. Now, the third thing I think that's very important for healthy leaders to embrace is their priorities. And if the people around you don't understand what your priorities are or what the priority is for your business or for your clients or even for your life, they are not going to be able to properly help you get to the place you need to go. So in a place of leadership, you need people around you. You cannot do everything yourself. And some of us think as leaders that it's it, it's up to us to drive the boat or push everybody along. But that's not really true. Your job as the leader is not to push the boat or propel the boat. You're not the engine. What you're doing is steering the boat. You're guiding people. You are the person at the wheel and the team is the engine keeping things going. So if you can think about it in that way, that you don't need to actually drive everyone, you just need to guide everyone, that will help you to, number one, set your priorities, and then number two, communicate those to the team. Because you have to have a really good foundation for your team. You have to communicate what the priorities are. So if it's the morality that you want to create, in your team. This is what we do on a moral basis. These are the things that we can do and we can't do. That needs to be communicated to your team. So you as the leader need to know what the priorities are and you need to follow them and demonstrate them for your team. And then you need to communicate them. So the first step in understanding what the priorities are would be to write them down. If you can make a list of what your priorities are as the leader and then communicate that list to the team or post it somewhere within the hospital, that will help you get everyone on the same page. And then as the team works together, then you can use that prior that set of priorities that you've posted 
in order to steer the team in the direction that you want to go. Whether it's a mission statement or vision statement for your hospital that you want to actually put into words or just sharing the vision with your team, that will give them the ability to understand where we're headed. So writing it down is a really great idea. Write down the priorities that you have for yourself as a leader, but also for your team. And then as your team works together and you see those priorities coming to life in your team, then you need to call that out. You need to acknowledge it. So if a team member does something specifically wonderful that's within your mission or vision statement, then try to point that out either to them in person or to in public to the rest of your team. And when you're making decisions based on the priorities that you have, try to remember what is my vision? What are my priorities? What is our mission? And make those decisions within the confines of those priorities. And if you're living true to your personal mission and vision, if you are living true to your own morals, the team's going to see it. Anybody around you is going to know what kind of decisions you're going to make. They're going to understand what it is that Dr. Capel believes in because she always makes her decisions based on that morality. And if you can become transparent to those around you so they understand your priorities, your mission, your vision, then even when you fail, even when you make a mistake and you go back and apologize for that mistake, your team's going to understand. Your team's going to be on board with you. They're going to be more likely to join you and running in the direction that you need to run this team. And that's what it really means to be a good leader, either from the front of the pack or the middle of the pack. If they all understand where you're coming from, they understand your priorities and your values. Even when you fail, even when you don't do something to the best of your ability, they are going to allow you to be human and make those errors. But if you don't have a specific list of priorities, either in your head or in front of your team, there's going to be confusion and there, there will be no good way to make good decisions. And then be committed to that. Be committed to your priorities. Many times as leaders, we earn the respect of leadership by the things that we do, not necessarily the things that we say. So once you have those priorities in mind, once you know what your mission or vision is, then you need to act on it. It needs to be demonstrated in your actions every day. So if my team knows that clients are a priority to me and honesty is a priority to me, then every time I cater to a client or work with a client and I do it in a kind and understanding way, and I'm very honest, even when the team makes a mistake, and when I make a mistake, if I'm honest about it and I'm willing to take the fall, then that commitment to honesty, that priority of honesty in my practice is going to grow. And the team is going to understand in this environment, our priority is honesty. So our actions are going to demonstrate our priorities. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So the last thing, the last habit that I want to talk about on this podcast is making decisions and making strong decisions. Because if you're a leader of a team, 
whether in name or in, if you're in the middle of the pack and you want to become a leader or you want people to follow you, making strong decisions and being decisive is important. And if you have your priorities laid down and you really know yourself, making decisions is so much easier. You can be a very decisive person if you know what the right thing is and what you think the right thing is and you're comfortable with the way you think and the way you feel. And some people are more decisive by nature. Some people just have the natural ability to make decisions. And I sometimes call it, call it bossy because I am by nature a little bit bossy. And so people that are bossy like me have a little bit easier time making decisions and telling people what to do and directing people. It's a little bit more natural, but you can also train yourself to be more decisive. So don't think just because you're a leader and you feel a little wishy-washy at times that you can't become a great leader because decisiveness can be learned. You can train yourself to make quick decisions. So let me give you a little example of this. This happened quite a long time ago, like actually several years ago, but I think this is a really good example of how leaders, if they know their truth and if they know what their ethics are, if you have a strong ethical base, you can make a quick decision even when it's very difficult. So this happened a few years ago, quite a few years ago actually, and apparently a client had come in with their cat to have a euthanasia and we do clay paw paw prints of the pets for people if they want and apparently this woman brought her cat in the receptionist asked her if she wanted a clay paw and I don't know what happened but somewhere along the line there was some confusion because the cat was euthanized but no one ever made a clay paw and in the computer, it was not written that she wanted one. It was actually written that she didn't want one. And so it was not done. In our practice, many times what happens is when clients do a euthanasia in a clay paw, they come back and pick them up later. So we make them, we bake them so they're hardened, like the little ceramic things that they are. And then the client will call later to pick it up. Well, what happened was this particular woman who had had her cat euthanized called called like a week later and wanted to pick up her clay paw. Well, when the receptionist went to look for the clay paw, it wasn't there. And so we did not have one. We never made it. We There was a miscommunication. And so my receptionist came to me on this particular day and said, Mrs. So-and-so's on the team. Mrs. So-and-so's on the phone. She's asking about the clay pot on her cat, which looks like it never got made. It says in the computer that she didn't want one, but she's on the phone expecting one. And my receptionist said to me, can we just make one from one of the cats? Because we have cats that live at our hospital. Can we just make one and pretend like it's her cat? And so being a leader who has the priority or has the ethics of honesty and truth in my hospital and personally as well, like I really don't lie, not intentionally anyway, the receptionist was tempted to just make a clay paw from another cat, give it to this lady and pretend that it was her cat's feet, which as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, no, we can't do that. That wouldn't be ethical. And so even though it's difficult and we failed, we made a mistake in this instance, 
I had to get on the phone and talk to this woman and be very honest with her and just say, I'm terribly sorry, but we don't have a paw print from your cat. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure how it didn't get communicated properly, but we did not make one. And I was not willing to try to pull the wool over her eyes and try to make this clay paw from another cat. It was just like, absolutely not. That's not what we do at my practice. And I personally would never do that to somebody because I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. I would rather someone be honest with me and say a mistake was made. We don't have it than lie to her and tell her that we do. And so I had to get on the phone. I had to be very honest. This is what happened. I'm not sure exactly how, but we do not have this and I'm terribly sorry. And is it scary to do that? Are we afraid that somebody's going to get very, very angry? Are we afraid that they're going to yell at us? Absolutely we are. I don't want to be yelled at. But I find that if you're very honest and you stick with your ethics, that you are going to have a lot less problems than if you try to skirt around things. If you try to lie to people, it's never the best thing to do, at least in my mind, because that is one of my priorities and my ethical basis as a leader. And then owning that, owning that mistake is another really good habit, is owning the failure. Leaders need to own failure. Take responsibility for your own mistakes and your team's mistakes. I need to take the fall for my team and do it graciously and not blame other people. And it's really difficult. I get it. I am the first one as a leader that wants to blame somebody else when something happens. But it's really not a strong leadership habit to blame other people. You really need to own it. And then learn from the mistakes. Learn from the failures. And so rather than finger pointing when something like this happens, you can still investigate how did this failure occur? Who were the people involved? What happened here really? But not pointing the finger at somebody and and blaming them. It's more about finding out what happened with the mistake, what happened that we failed here, and how can we do better next time? Can we put some sort of fail-safes into operation so this doesn't happen again. And that's your job as a leader. Your job as a leader is to support your team, give them the guidelines that they need, operate within those guidelines, make strong decisions in those guidelines. And then when something does happen, when the team does fail, taking the fall for that and being the person that stands up for your team in success and failure and support them through making good decisions moving forward in the future. So those are a few habits of healthy leaders that I think we really need to embrace. Number one, making yourself a priority, knowing what your priorities and your ethics are, demonstrating those to your team, acting those out in a healthy way, making strong decisions, and then working on yourself, working on your strengths working on your weaknesses, but focusing more on the strengths to become a stronger leader. So I'm sure we'll talk about more on another podcast. I think that this is enough for today. But I just want to encourage you in this time of so much stress, in this time of COVID and all the things that we have to do every day to change our 
mind, change directions, try to take care of your team, try to take care of your clients. When everything is unknown, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you're looking inward. Do some healthy things for yourself because being a good leader means taking care of yourself first. And I just think that that is so important for us to remember, especially in this time of COVID, in this time of pandemic, all the things we're going through right now. So I really want you to focus on taking care of yourself and then focus on taking your care of yourself within the team and how you lead the team. So thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. Please send me some questions for the next uh, couple of podcasts. We're going to do a question and answer period, like I said at the beginning of the podcast. If you're struggling and you need help today, please reach out for help. Reach out to me as a coach. Reach out to other coaches. There's more out there that would love to help you. If you just need a question answered, please email me, jacapeldvm at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps me get it out there to more people. And that's what it's all about, supporting each other in this pandemic and also in veterinary medicine in general. We all need to know that we have support. Thank you very much for listening today to me, my friends. I love having you here on the podcast. Go out there and make yourself a priority today so you can inspire others tomorrow. Have a beautiful week. Bye.